Hey, welcome back to our quick questions episode. This is a short in-between episode. Uh, Last week we had on Dr. Greg Carton. We looked at some myths of the mental game and he gave us some great approaches plus three practical ideas that you can take into your golf game. If you didn't listen to that, I can't recommend enough that you go back and, and check that out. Today we are asking him some quick questions so we can get to know him a little bit better. Let's get to it. So let's start with a most memorable golf trip. What do you got? I'd have to say it wasn't a trip where I played. Going, going to Augusta National for the first time was by far the coolest experience I've ever had. Actually, we did play, but we didn't play at Augusta National. We played Augusta Country Club next door and then went to the Masters for two days. So I, I, that's got to be right now at the top of my list. I've been fortunate to see some cool places but that was about as cool as it gets. I know you've gone there a couple times, right? What's your kind of your routine for going and, and watching and hanging out around there? Yeah, I've gone a few friends. We usually fly down to Charlotte and we'll drive either Saturday night or early Sunday. We'll drive from Charlotte down to Augusta. We've played, been fortunate enough to play Augusta Country Club the last few times on that Sunday. We'll go to the Masters Monday, maybe Tuesday, drive back up to Charlotte, play golf up there, and then fly home. So it's been a cool trip when we stay at the beautiful Nights Inn down in Augusta, Georgia, walk to the course, eat at T-Bones every night. It's uh, It's been quite a, uh, well, try to keep it going. It's it's hard to get the same guys every year, but it's it's been fun. And I've gone a couple times now for work, so I've gone to that part for the first day or so and then go start work in the last couple of days. I like the routine. If you need another for your foursome, holler. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll get on the list. Uh, we uh, The list is getting shorter each year, so uh, that, that may work great. Uh, your best golf purchase or golf-related gear that you've you've gotten lately? I just got, I mean, when we say lately, I've gotten stuff almost every day for the past couple of months. I just got the Ping i500 irons, and they're fantastic. I also got a new Scotty Cameron putter. That was about two months ago. That's also stayed in the bag for probably longer than any other putter I've ever had. But the, the I-500 irons are, are fantastic. I, I don't work for Ping or in any way, and I, uh, I think they're, uh, those gloves are the best. Mm, I do know that you are a, a golf. I am. That's sort of an unfair question, I guess, for me, because I could give you something almost weekly that I <laughs> think that I got, and I think it's the best. But uh, <laughs> the Ping irons have been great. In the last, let's say, three years, What's made the biggest difference in your work with players? Like, is there anything that stands out to you as a concept or something that's made the biggest difference in your players? That's a good question. I think what's made the biggest difference in my practice and how I work with guys is my own actual dedication to a mindfulness practice where I've learned so much about the actual practice it allows me to I think better communicate it to others everyone's a little bit different in terms of how they approach it but I think having my own personal experience with it has been extremely beneficial to my own practice in allowing me to sort of explain it to others and teach it really gotcha what does your mindfulness practice look like uh the most uh, it's the only word to describe it would be consistent it's a little bit different every day in terms of the time or where I am but doing it daily has really helped to develop that habit. And that's probably the only word I would use to describe it. Because again, every day is a little bit different in terms of where I am or what I'm doing or 
if I'm listening to something or if I'm doing a sort of silent meditation or if I'm taking a yoga practice class. I mean, it, it really sort of comes in a lot of different forms, but the consistency is what's been most important. Maybe a couple books that you've read lately that have had a big impact on you or that you recommend to your, the guys that you work with most often. Yeah. The one that I always recommend is Why Buddhism is True by Robert Wright. It's a fantastic, more of a scientific approach to Buddhism and why we do some of the things we do really helps to explain some of the concepts that I talk about from a more tangible point of view, or I don't say easy to understand, but there's a lot more research in, involved. So that that's always a book that I recommend. And then I have books, like a lot of the clients I seem to work with struggle with perfectionism, or a lot of golfers do actually. And there's a great book called Present Perfect, more of a mindfulness approach to dealing with perfectionism and explaining it. And then there's various sort of intro to meditation books, anything written by Jack Kornfield or Pema Chodron or Joseph Goldstein. I find they're great writers and they're, they're, those books are really easy to recommend and my clients seem to, to enjoy reading them quite a bit. I've made it about mm, halfway through the uh, Why Buddhism is True Now. And, yeah, well, um, there you go. What do you think? I, it's, it's fantastic. It's really good. I like the approach that, that the author... What is his name? You say Wright? Robert Wright? Robert Wright, Wright yeah. yeah. So he's an author who embarked upon uh, sort of Buddhism or meditation practice years ago and, and then did tons of research on it. And so he uh, said that he had a, or went to a retreat that really tra- changed his life. Have you done a, a retreat like that? Like a three or uh, five or No, no, not that long. I've done much smaller ones. I, I, I really, that's my next step in this process is to go on retreat somewhere. I'm in a good area for it as well out in Western Mass. They have a great uh, Buddhism center where they host quite a few retreats. It's just now about sort of finding the time. And I guess that's the same for everybody. So I don't really have an excuse, but that would be my next, my next step. And I always recommend that to others as well, but I don't think I can be a good, I don't think it holds a lot of water until I do it myself, really. So I've heard everyone's stories and how great they are, but I'd, I'd love to do it myself. Favorite golf course? Wanna Moist it in Providence, Rhode Island is my current favorite golf course. Played it a couple weeks ago again, and every time I play there, it's, it's just such a fantastic short par 69. They host the Northeast Amateur there. It's a Donald Ross course. It's always in such great shape. It's just golf. It's, it's in the middle of, of the city, and it's just it's a fantastic spot. As a coach, as someone that is helping people perform at their best, what do you want to see happen let's just say in in sport performance and golf as a whole with your students like what do you want to see happen in my opinion the key to accessing our skill and that's what really peak performance is is non-resistance and acceptance of who we are what we're thinking and what we're feeling moment to moment and once we can achieve that which is not necessarily achievable but we work towards that and that's how we can really cultivate freedom and that's where a lot of my work stems from this idea of creating freedom and how we go about it. So yeah, I think the less we resist, the more freedom we can create, the less tense we are. And I think that's what's most important when it comes to performance enhancement. On the opposite of that, what are you most afraid of? For my guys or clients to think that something's wrong with them because they can't think a certain way. You know, stressing that idea that, well, it's not the thoughts that are the enemy. That's a book title that I like to use all the time. 
it's our response or what we choose to do with those thoughts. And so thinking something's wrong because we can't think a certain way is the ultimate really in resistance. And we'll end on this one. You work with a lot of players on the PGA tour, web.com, et cetera. You have a high school student comes to you and says, Hey, you know, I want to play on the PGA tour. Mm -hmm. What do you say to him? That's a good question. I get that a lot. Everyone's a little bit different in terms of how they develop and, and sort of the journey they go down. Allowing them to or introducing them to some of those ideas at that age is really important. I think, I don't say teaching them, but pointing them in the direction of expectation management is really important at that age too, for them to understand what they're up against. Not that it's not possible, but the realistically what it takes to be a professional golfer. Some people don't know that. Actually, a lot of kids, especially in high school, they don't know that. So introducing them to some of those ideas, hey, these are what, these are, this is what you have to do to at least begin that journey. For some, it's quite eye-opening and some don't want to do it. Some don't know what it takes and choose not to go that route. Others embrace that challenge and, and are stubborn about it in a good way and, and think this is what I want and I'll do anything it takes.